The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. Good afternoon. Welcome to this thing of ours we call the Financial Physician Radio Program, where we talk money, markets, politics. And uh, lately, we've been talking about a lot of politics, because a lot of politics in Washington are affecting our money. And uh, case in point, uh, this is Wednesday at 4 o'clock Eastern Time. Um, within the last hour or so, uh, Congress approved uh, a suspension of the debt ceiling. Now, as you know, the debt ceiling is a big contentious issue. Every time we bump up against it, the Treasury comes out and uses the word, we're going to default, we're going to default, we're going to default. And uh, usually it comes down to the 11th hour. Uh, they shut down government. And at the final, at the end of the day, uh, the Republicans usually cave and uh, they raise the debt ceiling for another six months or so, whatever it is, till we hit that ceiling again, whatever that number is. But what happened the last time we raised the debt ceiling, we never raised the debt ceiling per se. We raised the time, basically, of the debt ceiling. And that's what they're doing right now. They're suspending the debt ceiling until... Um, March of 2015. So the government could basically borrow without limit between now and March of 2015. Now, uh, a lot of people are saying that uh, John Boehner uh, really caved on this one. I mean, the Republicans usually try to get some kind of a concession from the administration, from the Democrats, uh, to raise the debt ceiling, to cut expenses in some way. And they got nothing. Now, I guess Boehner felt that, um, I don't know, that the Republicans last time were blamed uh, for the government shutdown. And uh, he doesn't want to be blamed for a potential default. But the Republicans don't push back on anything anymore. Now, a vast majority of House Republicans voted against this. And that's the weird thing about this. You have the Speaker of the House uh, allowing his vote to go forward. With only, I think, uh, what do you have, 28 Republican votes in the whole House of Representatives. So the mass amount of Republicans did not want to do this. So how could a Speaker of the House 
and uh, the majority leader, Eric Cantor, uh, pushed this through and allowed his vote to go through, with virtually almost every Democrat voting for it and, and only 23 Republicans. Now, of course, conservatives are, are out of their mind over this. Their reaction to uh, Boehner's latest gift to President Obama has been, of course, unanimously opposed uh, and um, are actually calling for the speaker to be replaced at this point. Now, I don't know what the speaker's thinking. I mean, he couldn't even negotiate the reinstatement of benefits to retired military. He couldn't even negotiate that, which is nothing. Uh, it's something to the, to the retired military that deserve everything they get. But um, just basically a clean debt ceiling increase. So we'll talk about it again, March 2015. Regardless of how high it goes, doesn't really matter. And that's why the country is doomed. Because we will always raise the debt ceiling. There's really no choice. And we're getting nothing as far as budget reform. Entitlement reform, all these things that are needed to get our fiscal house in order. So what we're just going to continue to do is continue to raise the debt ceiling, and you know it'll just go to twenty trillion. Right now it's seventeen and a half trillion. In a year it'll probably be twenty trillion, and then it'll be twenty-five trillion, then it'll be thirty trillion, which will never pay off that debt, and we'll never stop the massive spending that that this country has been on for a long time. And adding to the debt that's destroying our country. And the Republican speaker and the majority leader uh, surrendered to the Democrats and the president again and again. Meanwhile, the Tea Party Republicans, which were voted in by, obviously, the constituents to bring the fiscal house in order to become responsible, they are totally ignored uh, by the Republican Party, or at least by the leaders of the Republican Party. But if, you know, Boehner had virtually no, no support for this by any of the Republicans. Do you think that in the Senate, Harry Reid would allow a vote when most of the Democratic senators were against it? I don't think so. Actually, I know he wouldn't. Of course he wouldn't. And there's just really just no pushback uh, by the Republican leadership against the president and his lawless ways, his dictates and his uh, uh, pen and phone. The most recent abuse of power, Obama um, delayed again the employer mandate uh, for companies between 50 and 99 employees until 2015. Again, that's not the law. The law states that in 2014, it was supposed to be. Actually, he's delayed it to 2016. Meanwhile, the law states that the employer mandate was supposed to take effect in 2014. But this president uh, thinks that he has the authority to just basically change the law. Anyway, he sees fit. And I've lost uh, the count of that a number of times uh, that he has changed or delayed the law. Was it four, five, six, eight times? I don't even know. Given exemptions to certain constituents. This is all political whim right now. And many people are saying the reason he did it, 
uh, is to help the Democrats in the elections that are coming up. So uh, the president, again, decides what laws to enforce, what laws not to enforce, what laws to delay, not implement. And he's done it, not only in Obamacare, he's done it with immigration laws, just ignoring what the law is. He did it with the Defense of Marriage Act, just not prosecuting any anything. So uh, Obama came out and he said this. He says, this was his quote. This was an example of administratively us making sure that we're smoothing out this transition. Without going into detail, the president suggested the administration would continue to be flexible on the law. Quote, we've got companies that want to do the right thing and they're trying to work with us. We want to make sure that we're working with them as well. And that it's going to be our attitude about the law generally. How do we make it work in an optimal sort of way? The president does not have that power. The president's job is to dutifully execute the laws that come out of Congress. Not to rewrite laws that come out of Congress and only enforce what he wants to. And I love the way he twists his words uh, to make it sound like he's uh, appear like he's doing a good thing. I just want to, you know, help businesses transition easy. Now the funny thing is, when we were talking about the debt ceiling last time, John Boehner wanted to delay the implementation of Obamacare, and the president refused. And then exactly, he himself lawlessly did exactly that. That's just absolutely amazing. He wouldn't give it to them, but then he did it himself. Everything but the individual mandate. Corporate America gets off. And um, the American thinker, they came out and they said this was what a real leader, meaning a uh, Speaker of the House, would have said on February 11th to the man known as Obama. <clears throat> Not only has Obama once again dictatorially rewritten a law read by nobody who passed it, he has also accepted responsibility for last October's shutdown. Last October, we asked Obama to do exactly what he himself did yesterday in a completely illegal way. But Obama preferred the alternative of shutting down shutting the government down, knowing that he would act on his own illegally whenever necessary. The time for Obama's lawlessness has come to an end. The only way he is going to get a debt ceiling hike is if he delays the individual mandate. If he refuses, the consequences of his refusal fall upon him. We are only asking him to do legally today the kind of thing recent history has irrefutably shown he will do tomorrow, but illegally. And again, that's American thinker. That's really what a Bayonet should come out and say. And the Republicans are letting this guy do whatever he wants. And letting the president usurp the power of Congress. And that's the reason why we have equal branches of government. So when one branch gets out of control and too power hungry, it's up to the other branches to rein them in. Congress should be instituting all kinds of lawsuits about presidential orders that circumvent laws that they wrote. But there's just no backbone right now in Congress, especially in the Republican House. 
all the Tea Party people are shut down by the the um, the powers that be in the Republican Party. The, the Ted Cruz's of the world, I know he's on the Senate, but you know uh, the Ryan's of the world in the House, they are relegated to the sideline, and it's business as usual in Washington. So again, more delays in Obamacare, again, done lawlessly, done without the approval of Congress. That was not what the law stated, and it's up to the law to determine when things kick in, not up to the president. But, you know, if nobody pushes back, and uh, again, we don't have no leaders uh, in the Republican Party in the House. And then it comes to the debt ceiling, we're, you know, we're getting further and further in debt, spending's out of control, and... Um, there is nothing that we got uh, in exchange for that. All right, we're going to take a short break. If you're listening live and you want to be part of the program, 866-472-5790 is the phone number. You're listening to The Financial Physician. My name is Luz Katigna. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Financial Physician. And America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1-866-472-5790. That's toll free. 1-866-472-5790. Once again, here's Lou. All right, welcome back to The Financial Physician. And my name is Lou Scatigna. And uh, programming note, I think we have one more week left here on... um, Voice America's business channel. Uh, I am returning to local radio uh, on the Jersey Shore. Actually, I have returned. I've been three weeks already uh, on WOBM AM 1160, which was my home for 12 years, and uh, returned back recently. Uh, same kind of show as you, you, you hear here, and it's still available to you. Just go to uh, thefinancialphysician.com. I'll have a link to the archived um version of uh, my weekly program. You want to listen live, you can listen live on the internet at wobmam.com and it streams live there uh, Friday mornings, 10 a.m. Eastern Time uh, to 11. And 
I'm doing it for a variety of reasons, but uh, uh, live local radio uh, is something I've done for a long time, and I kind of miss it, and uh, I, I am going back, and this show will end officially here, I believe, next week. i, I got to double-check uh, to see if there's another two weeks left or one week left, uh, but hopefully you'll all follow me. Uh, to WOBM uh, AM 1160, the number one radio station on the Jersey Shore, and um, and uh, I'm real happy to be back there. All right, let's go uh, shift gears and talk about the stock market. Last week we were on a program talking to you about how dreadful the stock market has been this year, and down about 11, 1200 points uh, uh, year to date. And uh, what's happened since we talked last? Well, the market's rallied. It's rallied about 500 points and carved back roughly half of what it lost year to date. And and that's just in about four trading sessions, five trading sessions. Market bottomed a little under 15,500. Uh, right now, it's about 16,000, just under 16,000. Uh, big moves in the market. And, you know, the the interesting thing about that is on Friday, they announced the January jobs report, which was horrible. Only 113,000 jobs were created in January. Uh, economists were expecting 200,000, which is still relatively low. And the markets initially were down 100 points, or at least called to be down 100 points, wound up opening up 100 points. And rallied from there basically every day since then, recovering uh, 500 points, uh, which is just Hard to believe. I, I don't get it. The market was falling apart, and all of a sudden, magically, uh, the market's recovering 500 points. Now, granted, markets get oversold. They go down too quick, and then there's bounces, and, and maybe that's what we're seeing here. But I just think we have something else going on. Uh, the markets are so manipulated these days. Every single market, the bond market, the stock market, the gold market, the currency markets, the interest rate, LIBOR market. I mean, everything's been manipulated. And my guess is that the PPT, the Plunge Protection Team, is what we call them on Wall Street, uh, intervened in the market uh, to turn it around. And they've done it so many times since March of '09 when we bottomed. Now, these are temporary things, but uh, nothing's really changed. I mean, the emerging market problems are still out there. Problems with currencies are still out there. Uh, these, pro- these problems didn't go away in a week, nor will they. But uh, there's a scary chart going around Wall Street right now, and it's a chart of the 1928 to 1929 stock market and its ultimate crash. And superimposed over that is the 2013 to 2014 stock market, the last two years up to this point. And it is so eerie to see how it mirrors Almost exactly the moves in the market in 1928 and 1929 leading up to the ultimate crash. Now, am I saying that's exactly what's going to happen? No, I don't know. But I'm saying is if you look at this chart. Now, I have this chart uh, posted on my website, thefinancialphysician.com. Go to the blog. You'll see it for yourself. Uh, If that's the case, the market's going to lose 50% of its value over the next few months. If that's the case, if it follows the chart pattern as it has for the last two years and follows it over the next few months, you're going to see a major crash in the stock market. And I think that that's very possible because the moves that we've seen in the stock market, both up and down, are major moves now. I mean, we're seeing two 300-point days, 
And you know what? It doesn't matter if it's up or down. When you start seeing those kind of moves, those are quakes in the market. And they're not good. 300-point updates are not good. Because it's usually followed 300-point down days. And we're seeing, you know, three-digit moves on the Dow every day. And we're seeing wild swings in the market, which is a, usually a precursor uh, to major declines down the line. And if the market follows the same script, boy, big trouble lies ahead uh, in the next two months. Uh, and we would be seeing, um, and you know, you can look at charts all the time and, you know, you compare charts to other charts and it doesn't always follow exactly, but it has followed exactly for basically the last two years. And I don't know if there's any reason to believe it that it will stop. But uh, go look at it and um, you tell me what you think uh, at the thefinancialphysician.com. Uh, but the, the bloodletting in the market, at least temporarily, uh, has abated. Uh, we've also seen that in uh, foreign markets as well. Now, is this just a lull before, uh, again, a continued downturn? Uh, only time will tell. But I'm a big chart guy. I'm a big technical guy. I like to look at charts on stocks, on markets, and everything else. And uh, there's a reason why there's certain patterns uh, in stock charts. And I'll never, you know, I'm a trader. I buy and sell all the time. I will not make a buy or sell decision until my chart tells me to. And I've been short the market for a long time, utilizing some inverse ETFs, uh, and and gave back a nice chunk of it, you know, over the last four trading sessions, and actually was stopped out uh, of my position due to technical reasons. So we may have a further uh, move higher in the market. And again, if you look at the 1929 chart, uh, it, this move right here up uh, it was the last move, and it can go a little further uh, if it follows that other chart. Uh, and maybe even for a few weeks, we could see higher stock prices. And I would just look that, at that as an opportunity to, uh, the last opportunity uh, to protect yourself. It's all coming apart. It's just, you know, it's just a matter of when. And long term, I mean, uh, demographics, you know, drive everything in markets. And right now, we have 10,000 baby boomers retiring today. And this is going to happen day after day, month after month, year after year, until the year 2030. Think about that. 10,000 people a day retiring. And it's the greatest demographic tsunami in the history of the United States. And we're not prepared for it. I mean, we've made financial promises to, 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 to baby boomers worth tens of trillions of dollars that we don't have. And uh, how are we going to do it? And we're not, even if we didn't talk about the other massive economic problems we're currently dealing with, uh, this retirement crisis is enough to destroy the economy itself. So we're drowning in debt. We've got more and more people projected to go into Social Security and Medicare. How are we going to pay for it? A lot of people say, Lou, you're negative all the time. Well, it's things like this. How are we going to pay for this? We're already a debtor nation running huge deficits. Debt will never be able to pay off. We're printing money to buy the debt, which is monetizing the debt, which is going to go on forever. 
And now we got the baby boomer generation, which is so massive. And, you know, the baby boomers fundamentally changed America as they grew. When they were kids, sales of diapers and toys skyrocketed. And this was after World War II. When they, when they became young adults, um, they were buying cars. Uh, overall household spending peaks about when we're age 46. So when you're 46 and you're ahead of a family of 46, that's when you spend the most money. That's money that goes into the economy. And guess, guess what year the baby boomers peaked? What at 46? 2007. Just prior to the crisis, 2008. Now we're going downhill. And there's been an analysis done about age and when you do things. And, and people tend uh, to buy houses about the same age, age 31 or so. See, when did I buy my house? I bought my house and I was 33, just around the same time. Around age 53, people tend to buy luxury cars. Um, after the kids have finished college, but before they get too old. And uh, demographics could even tell us when your household spending on potato chips is likely to peak. And that's when the head of the household is 42. And the size of the economy is based on spending. So as we have more and more people spending more as they hit the baby boomer peak, the economies were great. And um, as people retire and get older, they spend less and less money. And they sell off investments and so forth, which is a terrible, terrible demographic. So we have a, pop, we have a population that, that, that's aging. That's a problem, and we're going to need intense economic resources to take care of them, Social Security, Medicare, whatever you want. Here are some uh, statistics from uh, uh, a guy I really love to follow, uh, Mike Schneider uh, from the Economic Collapse blog. Great website, and he's a statistician, so everything stats with him. So he has a number of stats here. Right now, there are somewhere around 40 million senior citizens in the United States. By 2050, that number is projected to skyrocket to 89 million. Huge increase. According to the Employee Benefit Research Institute, 46% of all American workers have less than 10,000 saved for retirement. And 29% of all American workers have less than 1,000 saved for retirement. One poll uh, discovered that 26% of all Americans in the 46 to 64 year old age bracket have no personal savings whatsoever. None. 60% of American workers said the total value of their savings and investments is less than $25,000. 60%. Back in 1991, half of all American workers planned to retire before they reached the age of 65. Today, that number has declined to 23%. Cut in half. 70% of all American workers expect to continue working once they are quote-unquote retired. So they retire and then they go continue to work. I don't know how that works. but 56% of American retirees still had outstanding debts when they retired. 
Americans that are 55 years of age or older now account for 20% of all bankruptcies in the United States. Back in 2001, they only accounted for 12%. So older people are becoming more indebted and bankrupt. And, of course, only 10% of companies now provide pensions for their um, employees. So if you don't work for a government, uh, you're on your own. And as we said earlier, people are not saving for retirement. Number of Americans on Medicare is going to grow from 50 million to 73 million in 2025. So, I mean, the numbers are just outrageous. What we're going to do about it, I don't know. But we're either just going to continue to print money, continue to run huge deficits until the whole thing implodes. All right, time for a break. 866-472-5790 is the phone number. My name is Lou Skatigner, and you're listening to The Financial Physician right here on Voice America's business channel. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. On The Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Luz Katigna? Call him now. It's toll-free. 1-866-472-5790. Or email the show. Here's the address. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. Love your emails at Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. You have a financial question, comment on a program, something you want me to cover, uh, please feel free to email me. I promise I will do my best to return each and every email. Remember the website, thefinancialphysician.com. Uh, you want to visit my blog each and every day. Got all kinds of good stuff for you on that blog that uh, we don't cover everything here on the show. And uh, just uh, uh, one more word uh, uh, about the program. Again, this will be, I think, next week will be the final program uh, here on Voice America. And we will be, though, on WOBMAM.com. It's archived there. It's live Friday, um, uh, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And I have uh, a link on my blog 
each week. Uh, so you can listen to this program, still get uh, the same no-nonsense financial commentary and advice that we've been giving to you um, on this program. All right, let's, uh, let's go to a caller. We have a caller from Lancaster, California. His name's Bob. Bob, hi. Welcome to the program. Hi, Bob. Hi, Lou. How are you doing? And I uh, just I'm- wanted to uh, make sure that... Um, you know from the listener's side that it's, uh, we think it's a great move here on the West Coast uh, listener's branch for the financial position. The OBM move is uh, going to be a great deal, we think. So right. uh, we You know, the good the thing I, about the Internet, uh, Bob, the good thing about the Internet now is it's not local. I mean, anybody can listen to any radio station, uh, either live or archived, you know, program. So, I mean, uh, it, it's still uh, a national access. Uh, it's just for me, it's local. Uh, uh, I have a, a local financial planning business, and it's it's. It's it's great for business to do a local radio show, and uh, uh, I kind of missed it after doing it for 12 years and being away for a year and a half, and I, I just thought it was the right move to do. And again, any of my listeners who are following me on XM followed me here, and uh, and anybody who followed me here or, or found us here on Voice America hopefully will follow us uh, to the WOBM. But the easiest way is just com, and you can get uh, all of our radio shows there. Yeah, it's uh, fantastic, and uh, we used to listen to you on XM as well, and then uh, the OBM was also part of the mix, and it was great to see that even what was happening locally on the East Coast. But a uh, question for you, something I've been wanting to ask for a while and see what your opinion is. Um, you know, as you had mentioned, you know, the stock market has always been like a roulette wheel and, you know, hard to predict, and like you said, for over many years, you know, you've, you've been able to at least make some, you know, intelligent decisions about the market, but uh, now, you know, it's like you say, it's a crap uh, shoot. Well, if you take it to that analogy, and what I'd even thought of, and somebody had mentioned to it on your program before, was on the VIX, the uh, .VIX uh, line, of uh, playing against that. How do you go about purchasing that, and also what your opinion is on it, and and whether or not uh, if you do play these massive swings when it uh, goes way up and everybody's happy with the stock market, the VIX is obviously down. Well, being the volatility index, and if you go ahead and invest in it, then when it's down and the market is artificially up, when it takes a dive and the VIX goes way up, to go ahead and cash in on that. How would you play that? Well, the, the key here is you're playing volatility, and, and as you said, volatility spikes uh, when markets drop. Uh, uh, VIX is uh, you could just buy it. You could just buy it like a stock. VIX trades on the exchange, and uh, and and various ETF. Iterations of it, uh, and for example, I mean the the um, the VIX was at twelve uh, in mid January. It spiked to almost twenty two uh, just last week, and in the last five or six trading sessions, it's plunged all the way down to fourteen thirty. So it's incredibly volatile in of itself because as soon as the market rallied. You lose value very quickly. So uh, the way to play it, I, I think, is to have um, either use technical buy and sell signals. Like uh, I like MACD, which is one of the technical things I look at, moving averages, and uh, uh, and buy and sell it purely based on chart action. Uh, or what you do is, uh, if you're on the right side of it, you jump in when the market's starting to break, uh, and you got yourself a significant profit. Uh, use a trailing stop loss order. Uh, so if the market reverses on you, you can lock in some of that profit and wait to play another day. What you don't want to do with something like the VIX is hold it uh, long term. I mean, it just goes up and down based on, on stock market activity. You want to play it. And when things are passive, you don't want to be anywhere near the VIX unless you're shorting it. If the market's going up, things are cool, uh, stay away from it. But in times like this, 
where you have um, volatility increasing, uh, you got to understand that, yeah, you can make a lot of money in a short amount of time on a falling market, uh, but when it reverses hard like it has over the last week or so, I mean, you got to be able to get out of the way really quick. Otherwise, you'll give it all back real quick. And, and that's exactly right. what happened. It went from 12 to 22 down to 14. I mean, this is all right. within two, two weeks. I mean, you know, two or three right. weeks. And know, that's so. one of the things I was thinking of doing was actually buying some, holding that, and then, of course, very, you know, carefully watching it. And if you don't have any stop or loss orders on it, then if you see the market, uh, you know, uh, tank and, and you saw the volatility index go way up, as long as you were able to put a sell order in it for that day, hopefully that that would go. But my, my, one of my concerns was is whether or not that there was anything different about how it traded because I did try to go in under the VIX symbol and unfortunately didn't show it. It showed it like it was an option. Uh, yeah. So it was not showing up like a normal, you know, charted, uh, uh, easily bought uh, uh, stock or, or actually uh, a piece Well, of there's, there's another one that you could trade uh, that, that's exactly the same thing. And that's the Velocity Shares VIX uh, short-term ETN, a VIIX. Okay. okay, right now. That that went from, uh, geez, about uh, 53, 55 maybe, uh, went up to about 73, and now it's back down to 58. So you can see it had that same kind of move that the VIXX had. Uh, the VIX had. Uh, here's another way to play it uh, uh, in a security by VIIX. Okay, that's, that's great to do that because and that was the uh, the biggest question I had too is when you did invest in that if there was any issues about trying to to sell it on a day when the market is acting the way it is um, there shouldn't be any you know holds or stops or you know any limitations on being able to dump it the same day I would assume. No, the same day, but this is where your risk lies, is if you hold it after the market closes, okay? Right. Uh, now, now, you, now you're going to be subject to whatever the market open is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So what, what can happen there is that if the market opens up 100 points, all right, because, you know, I don't know, some good economic news came out, Janet Yellen said she's going to print another $15 billion a month, uh, whatever, uh, and all of a sudden the market pops open, this thing is going to drop uh, before you have a chance to sell. Right. And that's why when you're trading VIX, yeah, you, 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 when you're trading VIX, you should go home flat, meaning you, you should not own it uh, at the end of the day, especially right. if you're expecting any kind of substantive news the next day, mm-hmm. whether it's say the jobs report or something like that. I mean, you won't have a chance to get out of it uh, if you're on the wrong side of it, and, and you, could, you could you know get substantial losses. So if you trade it during the day. Well, you know, you know the market's down twenty, thirty points, and you think, well, you know, later in the day it's going to continue to sell off, uh, and then you know close out the position at the end of the day. I mean, these are specul. This is speculator stuff, you know. Sure I mean, it is. Sure uh, you know, but or other people have. I've owned the VIX uh, for three, four, five days in a row, mm-hmm. uh, but I've never really held it personally uh, longer than that. Because markets don't go straight up, they don't go straight down, and right. the key to making money in the market is to, to make profits when you have them and keep them uh, and not give them all back before you sell it. So uh, especially something as volatile as this, and, and think about it, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but you, know, you see that it goes from 55 to 73. That's a pretty nice percentage gain sure. uh, in, in that VIX. Another thing you could do if you really want to speculate and try to leverage uh, your profits, uh, you could trade the options on these. Now, there's, there's stock options that trade against these things that are highly leveraged, and not for everybody, of course, because you could lose all your, all your money, uh, and, uh, and it's very, very volatile. But 
but uh, the Vicks... before, and I'm not an options type person, and, and you know, I know what you've said about it too, and, and the thought was, even on the loss, though, is what I was curious about it. Let's say you did drop that 100 points, and you did take that $20 share loss, let's say, or $15 share loss. If, obviously, you didn't cash it out, you had a paper loss, theoretically, but if you waited with that, even though you had that big loss, and there was another big swing in the market a month down the line, because you didn't have to cash that in, you you technically, theoretically, at least, could make that money back. Yes, you can. You, you, the market will have to turn in your favor. But but right. but, but look well, look what happened over the course of uh, the last year. I'm looking at the chart now as I'm talking to you. Last March, the VIIX was $140 a share. Mm-hmm. Okay, briefly went down to 100, spiked to 120, went back to 100 again till June, spiked to 125. Went down to 80, went up to 90, went down to 70, went back to 90, went all the way down to as low as 53. Mm -hmm. So it's been in a downtrend, okay? And only recently, and it was breaking the down channel. It was breaking the down channel. One more down day in the market, and it would have been a technical breakout. And that is true of of all the stock averages. They were ready to, and in some cases, they broke the 200-day moving average. Uh, The S&P 500 did. The Dow did. These are very negative technical things when that happens. And and, and the powers that be knew that those technical levels had to be reclaimed. Uh, Otherwise, we would have had a market debacle on our hands. And don't think for a minute that the Fed won't go in there and buy stock futures uh, before the opening after the – dreadful labor report came out oh, absolutely. to reverse a 100-point thing, and all of a sudden, the futures market turned around like like crazy. Gold was up, and then that got pushed back. I mean, you know, I watch markets trade all day, and you could see the hand of the plunge protection team out there all the time, and every single market is manipulated. There's no free market, and if the markets were free, given the, um, uh, the problems in the emerging markets, the problems with currencies, something uh, as simple as this. Puerto Rico just had all their bonds uh, downgraded by Moody's and Standard & Poor's to, uh, to junk. I mean, a thing like that affects the derivatives around the world and stuff like that. Markets should continue down. And that dreadful jobs report should not have meant a 100-point up day on Friday. I mean, it really shouldn't. I mean, it should have been a damn day. So, again, you scratch your head sometimes and wonder, you know, why the market's gone up 500 points over the last few trading sessions when there hasn't been any real good economic news out there. You know, right. so, uh, you know, but these things are, again, are temporary things. And uh, uh, go go to my website and look at that chart of 1928-29 mirrored with the last two years of this oh, yeah. market. And you'll be unbelievably, it, it'll blow your mind how close it is and um, and also uh, what it portends for the next few months. And if we stay true to following that chart, which we may not. I mean, who knows? Uh, you'll be looking at a major decline as much as uh, 30-something percent on the Dow, uh, which obviously would be about 5,000 points or so. You know, so uh, uh, And once those things uh, start happening, anything can happen as far as the downside goes. So we are going to have sometime this year that crazy, crazy uh, uh, market where uh, people are going to start panicking and yeah. we're in trouble. Uh, Bob, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, Lou. I appreciate it. We uh, we listen to you and watch the blog all the time, and um, uh, keep it up. We uh, we really like it. All right. Well, follow me to WOBM. 
All right. Thanks for the call. Do appreciate it. We're going to take another short break. God, we have uh, only one more segment left in the program. It goes so fast here on a financial physician, 866-472-5790, the phone number. I'm Lewis Katigna. Don't go away. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The Financial Physician, your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Call America's Money Doctor right now. It's toll-free. 1-866-472-5790. You can also log on to our website at www.thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou Scatigna. All right, one more thing about the website, thefinancialphysician.com. I just uh, put a link there to... uh, uh, my firm's quarterly uh, personal finance newsletter called AFM Investments News, and uh, we put we put one out each season. And uh, and this uh, edition, we talk about mainly uh, the importance of good financial record keeping and knowing what's going on in your finances, knowing what your net worth is, knowing what your budget really looks like. So few of us ever do that. You know, if I ask somebody, you know, a new client comes to see me, what's your net worth? And they look at me cross-eyed, and they have no idea, really. It's very tough for them to come close to it. It's not really a hard thing to do. Uh, and very few people have a written budget to know where their money goes. How many times have I heard people say, geez, I make good money, but man, I just can't save anything. 
Well, you got to figure out where your money goes. And in this month's newsletter, uh, I have a, a net worth uh, worksheet. So you could do your own net worth, fill it out. And I also have a cash flow statement worksheet, which is a budget. And you could use these these uh, blank worksheets to, to figure it out yourself. You should do that every year. The earlier in the year, the better. Maybe do it as of January 1st or December 31st. Use all your statements from the end of last year. And keep tracking your net worth and see how it changes year to year. Keep track of your cash flow. Trying to find out where you can cut. Anyway, if you go to thefinancialphysician.com, go to the blog, uh, and I have a link uh, to AFM Investments' website, and it's a free newsletter. You can download it, print it out, and uh, hopefully you'll use uh, those worksheets. All right, back to Obamacare. We were talking about earlier in the program. The president now is delayed again for another year, uh, the employer mandate, which simply means that uh, people who are expecting their employer to provide them with health insurance uh, are not going to get that health insurance until 2016. So now they're on their own, and now they will get fined because the individual mandate hasn't been taken away. So now they got to go and find health insurance, or they're in trouble. It's a, it's a real disaster in so many different ways. Uh, and, and even CBS News uh, uh, is, uh, has just released a surprisingly critical report on the president's Obamacare legislation. And, and in the report, it's an in-depth report, it highlighted a growing problem uh, in Washington state in, in which children are finding necessary procedures are not covered uh, by the new Obamacare plans. And I'm going to play you um, some audio from uh, uh, CBS, Washington State News Report on what's going on and how it's affecting one family. Now, and this is happening across the country. And this is, you know, this is what everybody predicted. We talked about it here months ago. This is what was going to happen. Uh, but this is what's actually happening uh, to one family. Limiting their doctor and hospital choices. Here's Carter Evans now with a case in point. What began as an ear infection for four-year-old Kate Fink Hello. soon became much more serious. Her mother, Sarah. She couldn't hear uh, really at all in one ear, so that was really scary. Kate's eardrum had ruptured. Her doctor recommended a specialist at Seattle Children's Hospital. We have all the what if, what if it's permanent, what if it's, you know, untreatable. The care was authorized by Sarah's insurer through Washington State's Healthcare Exchange. This is an approval letter for the coverage. Yes. Four days later, this is a denial. Exactly. That letter says the hospital is out of network. Is this an isolated incident? This is not an isolated incident. Dr. Sandy Meltzer is with Seattle Children's Hospital. The exclusion of a major provider like Seattle Children's from a major insurance network in this market is unprecedented. The hospital is considered in-network on only two of the seven plans from Washington State's health exchange. It's now suing to be included on all of them. We're seeing denials of care, disruptions in care. We're seeing a great deal of confusion. Uh, and at times, anger and frustration on the part of these families who bought insurance thinking that their children were going to be covered, and they've in fact found that it's a false promise. The Affordable Care Act is supposed to provide a wider choice of doctors and lower premiums, but the insurance industry says it is simply too expensive to do both. That's reflected in a new study by an insurance industry consulting firm, 
it found the number of in-network providers is shrinking nationwide. 70% of insurers on state health exchanges are offering narrower or ultra-narrow hospital networks. That's why we all pay into the system. It's because in that moment when you're in a dire situation, then you hope that the insurance company is going to take care of you. And what did you find out? That it kind of backfired. For now, Seattle Children's Hospital is picking up the tab for Kate and more than 200 other patients facing the same dilemma. But eventually, their parents may have to pay the bill. Carter Evans, CBS News. All right, so this is not just happening in Washington State. This is happening across America. Obamacare is a disaster. And, uh, and look, this was done on purpose. They knew it was going to blow up. Maybe they didn't think it was going to happen so fast. But you know what the goal is here? The goal is here is one-payer system. The single-payer system where the government pays for everything. See? Where everybody is in network. Nobody will uh, not be able to be in our network. We may not pay them very much. And they may not like it. But we'll force them. Or just everybody's premiums will continue to skyrocket. And again, this is all done because of money. Now, how could, you know, the Children's Hospital, big hospital in Washington State that takes care of children with the, the worst problems are not part of seven, five out of seven insurance companies in Washington State? How could that be? And again, that's just one story. And there's millions of them out there of people who are going to their doctor to find out that their doctor's not in the network anymore, that they can't take them. It's happened to my own mother who has emphysema, has been dealing with the same lung doctor for years. And now as of January 1st, she was no longer in her network. And uh, now she had to find another doctor. There's people who are in the middle of cancer care, special treatment in special hospitals with special doctors in the middle of their treatment of finding out uh, that they're no longer covered. It's a, it's, a, it's a total train wreck. And that's after seeing your premium skyrocket. Healthcare in America, as we've known it, is over. And at the end of the day, the people who are going to pay the price the most are going to be our seniors. Trust me on that one. They've already made it known. There's a patient review board that's going to make decisions on whether or not you're going to get that knee operation, that hip operation. They're taking $715 billion out of Medicare to fund Obamacare. What do you, meanwhile, I just opened the show saying that 10,000 people a day are going into Medicare. And that's going to happen every single day. Until 2030, as the baby boomers retire. But meanwhile, they're cutting Medicare by $715 billion. It does not work. And no longer will your health care provider spend $200,000 in the last years of your life to keep you alive. Now, there's a good argument. We can argue about that, whether ethically that makes sense. You know, why should we be spending on a 95-year-old a million dollars in the last year of their life to keep them alive? That's an argument that I guess has to be made. Um, but again, seniors are going to pay the price. All right, out of time. It goes so fast here on the Financial Position. I call it the fastest hour in financial talk radio, and you make that. So thanks so much for joining us. Remember the website? 
thefinancialphysician.com. Visit my blog each and every day. Uh, also listen to me on WOBM AM 1160, 10 a.m. on Fridays Eastern Time. Just go to WOBMAM.com and my email is lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 